1: sugar on my end.
0: This one is going to begin with that little bit of sugar thing.
1: Little bit of sugar, sugar, yeah.
0: Uh, Worst gig ever here, Mike Pace with Jeff Garlock. Jeff Garlock here with Mike Pace. With those golden pipes singing a little bit of sugar here. Starting (laughs) off this week's episode, we have the front man for the uh, Boston-based hardcore band New Lows, right. John Liam Policastro. That's Hope I'm saying that name. one right. <laughs> yeah, good with uh, that, he has stopped by to tell us some terrible tour stories uh, from Europe, from a lot of a lot of grungy stuff. People yeah, quitting he's got on squat tour stories.
1: Yeah, he's got Squats. people being left in countries because they lose things, and
0: there's a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of grit
1: it's it's the gritty one. A lot, we 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 talk about we dub lot, this one, the gritty episode. The, the
0: yeah, where there's a lot of uh talk of uh town, uh, beatdowns and
1: Beantown, I've never heard of that. What is that?
0: And uh it's the town where uh Hines is based. Oh, That's
1: Lexington, uh, Massachusetts.
0: Exactly. There's a lot of talks of uh uh hardcore gangs. Oh yeah. And uh, also the fact that John writes for Vice Magazine. So we talk about some comedy
1: stuff. The whole, the whole shebang, man.
0: He and I uh, were in a sketch class together at the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is how we know one another. Uh, little, some, little, I, I was going to say there's some good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff.
1: There's a lot of good I stuff. Don't so why are going to be reductionary gonna, I'm not about it? going to sell this guy It's a gritty, perfect episode.
0: Uh, here's a little game we can play. First pun that comes to your mind when I think of the band name Five Man Electrical Band.
1: What? (laughs) A crazy game is this that you just just an improv exercise. All of a sudden, you know about improv exercises. Five Man Electrical Band. Yeah, yeah. The the song Signs, signs, signs everywhere, signs. What are you talking about? No, never even heard of it. That's yeah, you know the
0: song Tesla. Covered it.
1: Oh, yeah. look at <laughs> you. What a crazy way to get to Tesla. Uh, inventor of electricity bands. Uh, there
0: we go. Okay, this game is over. <laughs> Great game. Uh, so uh, if you like what you hear, and I don't know why you wouldn't, <laughs> you want to hear more about it, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, worst gig ever, podcast.tumblr.com.
1: Uh, what do we got? Gmail. We got Worst Gmail. dot at gmail.com if you want to email us with any stories you got. You can Force instant gigs, message people me. you want to suggest.
0: CoolDad69 at uh, AOL.com is my uh,
1: If you, you want to instant message me, uh, five-man electrical band. <laughs> They're uh, man, whoa, why didn't I pick up on that game before? <laughs> God, I knew that one. <laughs> we
0: are on fire. Uh, <laughs> and so is John on this episode of course
1: again Ooh, yeah. Hey John hey <laughs> we
0: have John from New Lows here Right off the bat John
2: give us a uh, you know just a terrible tour or show story Oh uh, man it was our first no second tour We did with this band called Downhill Fast. We actually shared a couple members, as is typical of many punk and hardcore bands. And we made it to Chicago. It was sort of a National Lampoon's-like trek over there in the first place. But one of the funnier moments that happened... This actually kicked off a day and a half of just insanity. It was the guitar player this kid, Austin, an old roommate of mine, too. He was a guitar player in the other band, and he was fed up with the singer, Jimmy. Jimmy's a very big... Kind of Chris Farley kind of guy, he gets mm-hmm. like a bull in a China China whatever. It's a China shop or store. China shop. Yeah, not because that'd be a store in <laughs> yeah, China. Right. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. He doesn't. He's never been to China. Okay. He's hanging out in
0: China, <laughs> not, not an Oriental market. Right. He okay.
2: had a very bad habit <laughs> of getting a little too into the performance and stepping all over his pedals. And he's a very very particular of his pedals. Sure, as <laughs> anyone would be with expensive electronics haphazardly placed on the floor. So in Chicago, he was just fed up. And he said, if this dude fucking steps in these pedals again, I'm going home. That's it. (laughs) We're like, all right, dude, like you're not going to go home. You're not going to leave a tour in like the middle of the country. Not only did this dude manage to step on his pedals that night, it was within three notes of the first song. And after he stepped on the pedals, he tripped into Austin, the guitar player, and sent both of them over his stack. And then his stack completely wiped out. So the band broke up on stage. That was the end of the band. (laughs) The singer was too drunk to realize it, because he was passed out, I think, an hour later. (laughs) But this kid booked a plane ticket home, and we drove him to the airport. And that was the end of that band. That was it? That was it. So that was the first... Was
1: it documented? Do you have any idea? Did anyone tape it?
2: I don't think so. Those things never do get documented. What was this band? Uh, They were called Downhill Fast. They were a very short-lived band. They were all... Sort of like uh, like dive like early '90s okay cooler Boston hardcore yeah. right burn you know jammy groovy sure mass. sure they actually right. did a good quicksand cover on tour at one point too what song uh phaser yeah I was hmm. gonna guess phaser why wouldn't it be phaser <laughs> so I mean that because is- landmine spring would be a little yes it would just take people down exactly
0: <laughs> great that's that is that's the song that I always think of when I go back to manic compression. Sure. Landmine Spring. That's the one is. where he swears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Probably about that program. Maybe. So,
2: so how far into the you were? This is this was probably the, a week. A weekend. And. Yeah, and was a weekend to the tour. That was it. And then the rest of it from there. That was it. So we absorbed him into the He was, you know, what are you going to do? You plan to go on tour. <laughs> right. And your band breaks up and your the bass player flew home too. So the two of them flew That's home. It. That's it.
1: Wait, why'd the bass player go? Just because he was like, yeah, like, oh, fuck why it, why not? Is.
2: Yeah, if he's going too, I'll right. go. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, how much more of the tour did you have? We had about a week more.
1: Uh-huh.
2: From Chicago, we made our way down to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh-huh. Which I think is a 10-hour drive. It was yeah, one of the longer drives. Fun, yeah. We were drinking in the van most of that trek <laughs> and hanging out in Walmarts in mm-hmm. Indianapolis, the typical thing yeah. to kill time with. Just thinking of what we were going to do to fill in the slot of the other band, Gone. Right. We were like, fuck, we could probably still make extra money if we can maybe <laughs> think of something else. Right. We decided there, there was this uh, hardcore band from Boston around the same period called The Wrong Side. And the, the front man, this guy Morgado, he's very, he's like a wrestler, very cartoonish, uh-huh. a showman. He's a showman showman.
0: You got Chris <laughs> Farley in one band and then this
2: guy. In and, another. uh... <laughs> You know, people like to goof on him a little bit, but he, you know, he's, he, he's a great guy and the band is awesome. I just and push that you could push that thing. Push For in, the yeah.
0: listener, the uh <clears throat> pop filter. The pop the, filter's falling of. John's Story, DIY. so intense yeah, that it just do des- it. destroying our equipment left and right.
2: Mike punched me in the yeah. face. <laughs> um so this band they 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 were very popular, very good cult following, but they broke up early. Mm-hmm. And this guy just didn't want to accept the fact that it was over. So he had a scab lineup. Right. Pretty frequently. <laughs> right. I was a bass player in there at one point, too. Uh-huh. We, all, we all did our time. Uh-huh. So we thought it would be hilarious to make up a story that the wrong side was back together and playing shows exclusively in the South, which... Anyone with a brain realizes it's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> nice. No band belongs to Chattanooga, Tennessee, yeah. to kick off it's a reunion. Usually, tour. the part of the tour you get. Maybe so. Tom Waits, yes. but I, I think that sure. might
1: be the exception. Yeah. If you like pork pie hats a lot, you might be going down.
0: <laughs> little hats, the Tom yes. Waits little, little, hat little
1: hats. Tour. It's my favorite Tennessee Tom is not;
0: has never been kind to my band. I don't like I, playing there. It's, it's, no. it's even uh, like
1: Memphis is like. It'll, yeah, it'll be yeah, like, it oh, never- I don't know what happened, man. I yeah. thought there'd be 10 people. Like, and it's like, oh, I don't have to tell you.
2: So you you absorbed Mugatu. Oh, we man. absorbed Jimmy into the band and, okay. and said, we will just pretend to be this other band. We used our roadie, Jared, to be Morgato. That was, we're like, this will be Morgato. They had never toured down there before, so we had... Kind of the leg up to pass him off. And who's going to say this is not Morgado? Right, and no one did. <laughs> so we hey, make wait it. Wait
1: a second! This ain't the Morgado we know.
2: So we make it down there, very backwoods. You know, it, it looked like sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. from the outside, and then we get inside, and it looks like platoon bunker, just a little basement <laughs> kind of gig, and just very back, very nice people, but. Everyone was drinking a bottle of whiskey, it seemed, and yeah. getting a little rowdy. Our set was going on. They were smacking themselves in the faces with bottles. Like, it's still one of the craziest shows I've ever played anyway, uh, so I have to love Tennessee sure. for that. So then we have the wrong side take stage, and by that point in time, we'd already flooded hardcore message boards and other places, the Bridge 9 board and places on the yeah, internet yeah. that the wrong side's playing. Some kids ended up driving from over eight hours to see the show. Really? So we started feeling a little bad. We're like, what well, is this is not. One of the kids... This had, joke isn't as
1: hilarious as yeah, we well, thought Yeah,
2: well, it every kind be. of was. But, you know, I, I feel a little bad now, I guess. Right. One of the kids had driven eight hours. He had bought a t-shirt off the bass player of the band. This kid Dookie was his name. Yes. Right. I like and it. he showed up with the shirt just to, you know, be like, hey, I got your shirt. And again, he'd never met him, so I had to pretend to be this dude. I feel a little bad now. Sure. So they're they're a straight-edge band, most importantly to note. And as we're about to play, Jared Asmorgato informs me, I just ate a shitload of mushrooms. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, use that for how you have to use it. He was doing straight-edge speeches, (laughs) telling them how proud he was of all of them, to to be living pure, free, the show ends. It was actually a great show. Did very well. Everyone starts flooding the internet. The wrong side is back. They just played Tennessee. <laughs> they just played Chattanooga. We partied at their house later on, and you can't make this up. Above the record player was a picture of the singer Morgado <laughs> from their LP. Uh-huh. One of the Chattanoogians, I think, is what you call them. One of yeah. the Chattanoogians said. It doesn't really look like Morgato, and he doesn't have the tattoos. So we just said he would Photoshop them because he was very vain. Yeah. And meanwhile, our Morgado is tripping on mushrooms with a kitten locked up in a bedroom upstairs.
0: This, you, this reminds me of the, in the mid-70s when there was a fake Fleetwood Mac that went on tour. Because the real Fleetwood Mac was like embroiled in a legal dispute
1: right, with cocaine. Warner
0: Brothers, so they sent out like a fake Fleetwood Mac. And obviously, at the time More there like was a fake
1: Ultimate Warrior.
2: It, yeah, yes. it, well, it was
0: a kind of thing where it
1: was
2: it's Undertaker pre- too. A, exactly, a, yes,
0: a pre-internet era yeah, yeah. where you could pass off a fake version. I mean, that's that's
2: genius. It worked but, with uh, Doctor but, Who. So yeah. <laughs> so these kids were just like, oh, I guess this is our... Well, they had never known. Out. I mean, th- you know, they'd never played down there before, so yeah, no right. one really knew. Yeah. And then, of course, for the remainder of the tour, the other promoters are getting... Because ha- we're playing low in the South. Yeah. And these kids are like, you know, are you seriously booking this band? Is this happening? <laughs> Like, we kind of can't keep doing that this. We can't it. It was do it a forever. One shot. So, we're sitting at this house that we stayed at in Chattanooga. Jared, some someone ended up stealing, maybe it was weed or mushrooms. I can't remember what it was. Someone, someone stole something out of his bag while we were out eating breakfast. So, they were remedying it. Three or four of us stayed inside the van waiting. We were in a rush to go to Alabama. <laughs> in a rush. God, <laughs> God damn it. We I can't gotta get to Alabama. <laughs>
1: Best show of torch.
2: Get in the van now. There's one thing I know BAM is gonna kill it. Well,
0: unless they were playing, um, what was that place in, uh, in Birmingham? Birmingham. what Is it am it
2: Cave doing? Nine? Was that the
1: name of it? Uh, Cave Nine was a place in Mobile. Mobile okay. Is uh, Birmingham the one that's owned by the guys from Manor or Astro Man, or am I thinking yes. something else? Yes, the
0: one where there were their the airstream beat, the trailers. I don't know if that's where the like warehouse space. That's, a, that's no. A really I, I get the though. feeling we probably were play playing different venues in, in, Alabama in, too.
2: in Alabama. it's a very vast rock and roll <laughs> town. A lot going on. You <laughs> got a lot of options. So there. anyway, so you're in a rush to. So take we're waiting, and yeah, they're they're trying to figure out what's what's up with what was stolen. It starts raining, yeah. and within a few minutes, I hear just the loudest boom from behind and glass shatter. <laughs> I thought someone was shooting at the van. <laughs> We're in Tennessee. It's not unlikely that could sure. happen. Yeah. When I get up off the floor, because I'm afraid of bullets... <laughs> I don't understand why, but go on. I'll get into it
1: later. Okay, yeah. yeah. we'll leave that one okay. for later. I I know. This irrational
2: fear you have of bullets. It's strange. Yeah. It was a tree. Lightning had struck a tree, and this tree hit our van. It took the back door off. The window was shattered. Yeah. Just destroyed. And it was a rental, of course, too. So we had to end up fixing that. The kid, whoever stole whatever, he got away. Nothing nothing ended up happening with that. But as an aside, if you ever lose your back window in your tour van, a pizza box, or well, the, the the to-go pizza, the leather uh Pouches. Well, the, the keep uh-huh. it warm bus. Yes. You duct tape that, to, it's not only gonna <laughs> keep it dry inside, uh-huh. it's a noise cancellator too. It, it is. It's unbelievable. You can't see it. Almost better view. than windows. Well, you can't yeah. see, so maybe <laughs> not better than windows. But right. Almost better than yeah. windows.
1: I wish we had, when we got broken into a Montreal, we just went the garbage bag route and that noise wears you at a little that bit <laughs> and for hours on end so
0: this so right off the bat you've given us these two the band breaking up on stage a week into the tour people flying home kids going crazy impersonating another band <laughs> i mean it's not illegal you know, i mean I'm you're, not... you're you're off to a good start but let's the
2: authorities are coming
0: let, let's uh Let's go back a little way. So you are you are a Boston guy.
2: I'm a Boston native. Yes. A Boston native. And where Bo- in Boston originally? Uh, Mission Hill. Yes. Roxbury. Boston so in the, a, in the has city a, has right. a very not Brookline, a- not Weymouth. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay. For our not Boston Marlboro. listeners, far out. Uh,
0: <laughs> Boston does have a a storied kind of punk and hardcore history. And um, so, what's your? How do you get involved in this? Yeah,
2: when did you start going to shows? I started going to shows. I think it was '93. Mm-hmm. I think it was like Dinosaur Dinosaur Junior was actually the mm-hmm. first. That was kind of the, the bigger deal. But right. at that point in time in Mission Hill, it was still a pretty rough neighborhood. Still, kind of a lot of bad stuff happening. Which means, of course, that's where punk rockers yeah. lived. That's, that's right. where they would move into. Right. So I think I was playing. I was playing basketball on like a little corner hoop there in the neighborhood. And I saw guys with ACAB tattooed on their stomachs and Mohawks. I was mm-hmm. like, I need to hang out with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> like Gavin from kids in the hall. Like, uh, just like right. asking just the most redundant questions over and over again. And yeah. Stealing their old golds and their Meister brow. Yeah. <laughs> and they sort of, the, the rat thankfully was only a uh, 15 minutes. Walk away from where I lived. Right, uh-huh. we weren't allowed to go there. But you know, you would say the rat being the Rat the Rat Skeller, like legendary, the legendary uh, punk uh, club yes. in Boston, our CBGBs, sure, I, I guess.
0: Um, and so, I mean, so you're you're still you're you're. So, how old are you?
2: I'm 31 now. Okay,
0: okay. So you know we're we're all in the same ballpark. Early 30s, right. you might say, to mid 30s. Yeah, we well, are yeah, early.
2: <laughs> we're early. Right. Well, I didn't right. think before 30s. Well, early. But, yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Uh, so you know, there's still who were the who are the big bands that, or who not the big who are the big like hardcore and punk
2: bands in Boston in the mid 90s? Like Blood the for Blood. Blood for that? Blood, I think, was yeah. probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. There was a really. I mean, it was a few years before me, but there was a bit of a lull during that okay. period. I think New York right. was kind of where things you know, were A lot of the bigger the bands. Yeah, there wasn't... Too, I mean, you had Was that because of violence stuff going on? Cause no, never... that hadn't happened yet. Okay. I mean... That was... <laughs> Only because I, I was talking right before. I remember I went to school in Boston.
1: I went to a show at the church uh, over in Cambridge... Uh, okay, it was like a ten yard fight show, and I remember like it was like one of the first big shows that happened in a
2: while after the rap. Yeah, yeah, those were like, one of the places. Yeah, that and then, like
1: I remember someone was like yelling at Wolfpack, and someone's yelling out like FSU, <laughs> and then all of a sudden like ten yard fight, like you know, choke or wrench, whatever. Retch, like, wrench, yeah, yeah. wrench, was like, fuck that shit, man. He's like that's the thing that we've <laughs> right, really right. chose for years. Wait, Wrench was the singer. Of Wrench you? was the singer of Ten Yard Fight. Okay, but yeah. Choke was a choke singer, was the SSD? singer slap, slap shot. Okay, yeah.
0: But then who was an SSD?
1: SSD was uh, Spring. Spring. Oh, okay, yes.
0: Just want to get my yes. my names uh, my names in 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 a row here. Uh,
1: but there was a lull in Boston.
0: There well, was, yeah. I think for the if if there's anyone listening to this who is not necessarily well versed in what's going on, I mean Boston is kind of known as being a very tough city in terms of like the bands that it produced. And there was this kind of like that that, history was always there yeah, too, right. yeah. But there's also been like there was like a gang element um you know with FSU and stuff. I mean, do you have any any anecdotes uh from that time just for people that don't really know what it was like uh you know where at least I from my my perspective going to shows in New York, going to shows on Long Island first, like there wasn't really that fear.
2: Like right. going to you a had show. like the DMS guys, and I don't know.
0: Yeah, and everyone's to, like, like, you a got Man like a skinhead. Or- you you had well, like, that was you know on Long Island. I mean, at Connecticut,
2: least. we had just the hate breed crew, and yeah. I mean, that was like
1: the Bridgeport like. SDS, SDS, base, yeah. But I think well, the, idea is, the, idea, really, the idea of crews in general. The only time there was big violence at any show was when FSU came down to fuck with SDS at a show that my band played with Earth Crisis and Hatebreed in Candyria, where FSU pulled a gun. Someone went off uh, a
2: balcony, I think, at one of those
1: shows. Yeah, I think it was a hate. I, I remember hearing sense. about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that, I mean, you got, but you guys had it. I mean, for me, FSU
2: always seemed the scariest. Of the crew. They were scary. I mean, yeah. especially at that time. And, you know, I, I I was, I ended up becoming friends with a lot of those guys. Just, mm-hmm. right. Just grew up in that area and, you know, you're just, just around there. They, they were really nice guys that I came to, you know, find out over time. FSU
0: is fuck shit up, right? Fuck shit up. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, do they, does that still exist?
2: Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm not too sure. I, I haven't really hung out in a while. I mean, I, I don't think that kind of thing ever totally goes away, but yeah. right. not, I, I'm not too, too sure. Yeah, um, I mean, what's his name's a filmmaker now, the guy from Four Fifty Four Big Block. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elgin Nathan J. Yeah, he moved to L. A. and he's like, okay. uh, he's actually doing like. Things Wait, Four
0: Fifty Four Big Block were an FSU
2: band. Or FSU yeah, I mean, he, he yeah, was. Okay. Yeah, he I, was. He was one of the one of the original guys. When you watch the Boston Beatdown DVD, he's in <laughs> okay. most of it. No, Nathan was actually like one of the guys that influenced me. Right. To to move away from all of that stuff too. I mean, right. he, he was setting that into motion. A, a while before, and he's you know a really talented and and creative guy. Mm-hmm. Especially like during that period of time too, I, I'd be hanging out with him, you know, being like, "She's look at this idiot with a fucking twenty-five to life pretty right. <laughs> She would get the hell out. Of, you know, let's talk about <laughs> Patty Smith and the Velvet Underground for a little while. Right. Right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. That, so that that. So that, he. That's yeah, I mean, I so
2: I, I actually and I found an email from him recently that he had sent me when he moved out there, and it basically just said, you know. We're smart guys. We're talented guys. You know, fuck film school. Fuck yeah, college right. and that. He's like, we're gonna do it our own way. Yeah, L- literally, that's what he said, and he very much did do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really do. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah. So what the early day? Like, I mean, you were probably going to shows like every weekend.
2: Yeah, because uh, I mean, I, I luckily live right in the city. But right. I mean, again, those guys, like they, it was that period where everyone was like seven foot. You know, would go to a show sure. and be like. State Puff Marshmallow Man is fighting Godzilla. It was insane. Like, everyone was just a giant. Like, just. I never got, I could,
1: I never got fucked because it was like, I'm tiny. Like, I've never been in a fight for a reason. Like, you know, (laughs) like, I've gotten through all this time. Like, good luck.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It was, it it was, it was still a lot of fights going on. I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of that stuff was ever completely people setting out to just decimate somebody you, you know people just do stupid shit at, at those kind of events. unless they were filming it for the boston unless, beatdown
1: yeah, dvd yeah. <laughs> which is a it's, great dvd that used to be we'll available link on it. netflix we'll,
2: we'll link it the boston beatdown it's DVD. literally a
1: collection of fsu guys so,
2: beating up no people. that was actually the funny thing about that and the news jumped all over that in boston those actually weren't fsu guys oh they were well these were people you know people had no. there was one dvd that came out before Right, and I don't. I think it made some sort of headway. It wasn't yeah, really yeah. that big of a deal, but it was. That was like the danger of it. and I think this is what Nathan really kind of realized too: right. is that these are all kids going out of their way to film this stuff and send it in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if, more than likely, in hopes to. Look cool to somebody, you know, in that sense. But a lot of those videos were not; they were just right. random kids from the suburbs. Of, of Except for the video of uh,
1: maybe Nathan getting his that knife wounds.
2: No, sewn that was up, that, that was, was this that? guy. That was this guy Howie. He got stabbed during a, a blackout. I can watch like Hill. every
1: horror movie in the world, and that thing may be nauseous. Yeah, it that looks was pretty like
2: gross. He's it's like they just show him
1: getting his like Ugh. knife wound sewn up. Yeah, like in a house, and Ugh. it looks like two pieces of like steak. Yeah, Like, just getting sewn in together. He kind of was a big piece of stuff. Yeah,
2: it was I a bu- I was just like, "Oh no." So so when did you start playing in bands? I started playing almost immediately. I I guess when I when I discovered, you know, I was like, I think the germs are Yeah. Minor those mm-hmm. like those simple songs sure. you can like yeah. figure out how to play. I, I mean, I definitely moved on from like more indie stuff first. Mm-hmm. I was like really into Sebado. And okay, yeah. I was right. like lo-fi kind of and then just gently kind of eased into like more yeah. punk thing when Started meeting those guys in the neighborhood. Nathan and and Keith from Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. Nathan was in Wrecking Crew before Four Foot four, four Big Block. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these guys all lived, like, it was just a whole group of, like, all the 10 Yard Fight guys and American Nightmare guys. Right. Like, everyone lived on Mission Hill at one right. point, especially during that 10 year span. Uh, Hydra Head Records was based out so of there. So we're talking, what, like, early, like, 93 or something in 2000. Yeah, like, ni- like, pretty much 92 to two, okay. 2002, I think. Mm-hmm. It was really like, it was like a big show, a show neighborhood almost. It, it was pretty crazy.
0: And, and also, I mean, you know, we sh- we should also mention that <coughs> that that you and I met in a UCB class, and that you do uh, a lot of writing for Vice. Um, was Was there also an interest in comedy, like from?
2: Being yeah, I mean, young I mean kid that temp? was like the, the the best analogy I could ever think of for that was being at that age when you started getting you know more into punk and, and metal and everything else. Saturday nights, you're just in front of the TV, right? And I was just channel surfing b- between Headbangers Ball and Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so, right.
1: Like, it's essentially so how I grew up.
2: Kind of still, yeah. Like just ran with that. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So 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 when do you start to
0: like uh, I guess go on? You know, you start to take it a little more seriously, and like uh, let's start putting out records. Let's start. uh you know, uh, maybe taking a
2: show on the road, going on tour, that kind of thing. That only really started happening, I think, when I started uh, New Lows, and that okay. was seven years ago. I, I was in a few punk bands when I was a teen and a couple of hardcore bands I didn't do too much and didn't really have like the urge. I started getting a lot more into comedy. I was, I think mm-hmm. I took like an Ian Roberts sketch writing class sometime around that period. So mm-hmm. I got very into, again, it was the channel surfing thing. It could never yeah, really. Yeah. Figure out which one to really run with.
0: I mean, this is something that I think gets to the heart of what this show is all about, and that this, you know, Jeff and I also like being steeped in both worlds, music and comedy, and like there is crossover at a certain level, and then there, but there's not, especially when, you know, when it comes to more niche underground things, you know, as I always say, is like comedy cast a wider net, like a lot more people like Mr. Show than oh, like, you know, whoever the fucking name of, give me a New Orph Realms. Realm or something. I was impressed he said Candiria. <laughs> there's one of those names just don't <laughs> hear that often. So, I, I <laughs> mean, and and I think you know, one of the things that I'm fascinated by is that there's a disconnect, at least musically, between a lot of hardcore specifically, and humor. Like, yeah. you know, like a lot of people, like, because yeah. you don't want, you, nobody likes, you know I don't know how you feel, but like keep your comedy out of my music is kind of jokey music is is the worst (laughs) like no offense to the originators you know weird al gets a pass
1: he gets a pass, but
0: he's a he's a a, you know
1: death clock gets a pass because it's good songs death clock oh okay all right
2: i still think it's funny that converge went on tour with that band right and what they were telling me was that they were getting booed almost every night. Yeah. By Death Clock fans. Uh, I think I, I saw was, that. Too. Oh, wait, Converge was getting insane. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah. Wait, we who just, was and,
1: who was opening that tour? Con- Converge was opening. Open, yeah, this it was the Death converged, Clock. Converge, High on Fire. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Death Clock. Uh, it was a great show. <laughs> Death Clock were awesome. But, uh, but Converge
2: Conver- was awesome, and High on Fire was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Converge is one of the great... I think they're one of the greatest hardcore bands. You know, sure. They're still running with the... We played with you them in just Boston with them last week. Yeah, yeah, it was you know a thousand plus people there, and it was insane. So just imagine yeah. people booing them it was like wow, yeah. But I think let's let's talk about this idea that like it's it's
0: hardcore takes itself so seriously as a whole for the most part. So to be and obviously there are funny people who are involved in it, but it's like to you know it's it there's it's such a fine line. Right. Whereas you can't be. To show, I guess, to show humor, show some kind of vulnerability, right. and then it's like there's, can, there's a, just, there's that there's has a to certain resist. type of vulnerability that exists in really heavy music, but right. it's got to be, you know, there's a lot of posturing that. Yeah, sure. you either right.
2: got like the meat and potatoes guy who just refuses to smile, or yeah. you know, yeah. you got your little sullen guy. <laughs> exactly. There's yeah, no there's, time there's to not. Smile I don't
0: right. know. I, I'm just curious, like, kind of what you think about that. It's something that that I think after a while turned me off to a lot of that type of, or, you know, just kind of. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's plain.
0: There's really no other good way to put it. But and the the other side is that to make it funny is you're, you're playing with fire. You know, if you want to. Yeah, uh,
1: to make funny hardcore. Oh, Ugh, forget that. Get out of my face. With <laughs> See, that.
0: exactly. It's like a It's, yeah, like it's a the worst thing in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, were you, were, was there a point where, uh, like, were you involved in the comedy world of Boston? Um, or did you kind no, of keep no, those, no, not really. keep it separate? Yeah, like, it, it's it like was, almost
2: like comedies in New York? Uh, Essentially, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I'd gone to a few improv things in right. Boston, but I, I, the UCB thing really. Right. Sold me quick. And I mean, I, I was a huge fan of the show when it mm-hmm. came out with Comedy Central. Then you found like the old videos they were doing too. Right. They had like Black Flag songs in there. Sure. So I was like, oh man, like even they're into this. Like this right. is So that was actually one of the first... Bridges? One of the first bridges, yeah, that yeah. I found. It was, it was with those guys. And I also mm-hmm. happened to find their show, I think, to be funnier really than... I love Mr. Show and kids, yeah. you know, you have those debates right. forever. Yeah, yeah. But that show was incredible and right. the way... You know, I ended up taking the improv classes with everyone, too. Just the way it was structured. Yeah. I mean, that is, like, that's punk. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't even need gear. Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think one that's... I I mostly was wondering about, you know, being involved in Boston Comedy Scene, too. Because, like, when I was there, I... You know, it wasn't... You know, I was just into hardcore, like, in music. So, like, I didn't pay attention to it. But it didn't seem uh, as existent. Like, really. Like, you know, it's like the stand-up is equally as scary as parts of boston
2: yeah I mean, it's like the stand-up that was scene more is like boston, working class
1: boston yeah. that that's a scary world that's what I like a club comedy the club, club comedian yeah. like the ultimate club comedian. and then like you know there and was are
2: like legendary like in the 70s 80s like right it was a very legendary and yeah. you know uh, and brutal yeah
1: exactly and it always when i read about it seems like the scariest thing in the yeah. world yeah uh, and then, you know, there was like the kind of Emerson crew, like cross comedy, like started there with like David Cross, but like, yeah, I never went to any comedy stuff there. I saw Tommy Davidson once <laughs> at fucking Faneuil Hall. Like that's it. Like it was I specifically know. went to go see Tom. Yeah. I was, was just he promoting <laughs> like, no, he was just was... doing stand up and he was fucking funny, man. Cause he was, so- he was a solid stand up Like yeah. surprisingly yeah. at that point, um, but yeah like I it never occurred to me like there was the improv teams at BU and I just did not Yeah I,
2: I I didn't know that either I mean I I kind of wish I did Right. But, you know again. And then in af-
1: and after the fact like a couple of years after like I graduated there's Pangea 3000 who were from be you and they're you know fantastic they're probably one of the best sketch groups that although they're not
0: the around day. it like sure. they, they kind of are done they're
1: right? basically kind of done right yeah. now but now because arthur meyer writes for late night like you know seth they're, keeping, is the, they're the, keeping it
0: alive so. seth
1: reese is the head writer of the onion like you know mm-hmm. there's there's a reason like they were so good but yeah it just it seemed like there wasn't it, it just the scene didn't seem to exist uh in boston for me and i don't know if it it, it just felt like that was part of it or just like you want to keep your world separate
2: I, I mean, I, I again, I, I don't think I really ended up looking for it there in, in that sense. Right. And I mean, I ended up coming down to New York a while ago. Right. For the UCB thing, too. I think that Ian Roberts, that was like 2001 or two or something right. like that. So I think it's a bit more of a bigger thing now. And I think it's because UCB just exploded. Sure. I think a lot of it did filter its way back mm-hmm. up into into Boston. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there, there's a couple improv spots open now. And-
1: yeah, there's the, imp- Is that the
2: improv in Boston. Is that what it's called? Or- yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I always thought it was amazing that you
0: would. I'm assuming you would come down for the weekend, but you were t- come in, taking four hour, you know, it was like an eight hour trip to come down for. That's uh, what I class. used to do. Yeah,
2: that was that's that takes you
1: know that that definitely takes. Uh, I, yeah, fun I any student who does that. Whatever people <laughs>
2: even are from Philly, I'm just yeah. like, ooh, okay, good luck. Uh, I wouldn't have. That's done what that. I did for improv at first. Yeah, right. I think it was at like the first three levels. I was coming down like every weekend, and sometimes just go back up that night. And then eventually just ended up moving down too. So
0: Well so so let's getting back to melding the comedy and music. I have not seen New Lows live. Is there any stage banter or do you inject any of your personality into like because uh, I I've seen on some of your, your Facebook posts, like there's definitely a levity there.
2: Yeah, I bad? mean, you know, because you're gonna someone's gonna break a string. Yeah. Sometimes an amp's not gonna work. You yeah. can't just <laughs> Stand there. I, I guess you could. I mean, some people do.
0: But no, so you're, you're not opposed to cracking a joke. No, no, not, not at all. No. Yeah. Um,
2: you know, and it's it's also interesting because... There's none of like, yep. punks be doing this, skinheads be well, doing Well, I that. just
0: don't know if there's a... <laughs> <right. Hey, yeah.
2: laughs> there that, that's, the that's an old Tommy Davidson routine. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. it was really good.
1: I remember actually being... There was this guy, Isaac Ramos. Do you remember Isaac Ramos? I do. Pony show. Yes, I do remember that. Guy. But my, for the listener, he's he's a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy.
2: <laughs> <But> <laughs> he's a this, human yeah. being who existed. Either, like you might I. not.
1: But I remember he used. He was the. I remember him doing at the Tin Can Full of Dreams Fest, which was a hardcore oh, yeah, festival yeah, that my buddy yeah. set up. Uh, a name
0: like that, how could it
1: be anything? Yeah. but? he did. Uh, he's one of our favorite listeners, so don't he be is. a jerk about that's, it. No, that's uh, uh, this but uh, uh, he was Isaac. Did the he was punk rock stand up. Uh, and I remember it being—I was actually bummed because it wasn't more like that skinheads because I was like, that would have been hilarious doing because they totally do that, yeah, doing fucking straight up observational Seinfeld-like style comedy. But instead, his whole bit was about how punk he was. And I was uh-huh. just—I remember just being. Bummed. I was like, man, I would really, legitimately love to see yeah. someone who's got a great Mohinder joke, <laughs> or like something like so obscure, because that's the whole point. Hey. You're doing a stand-up set at a fucking hardcore festival. You know your audience.
2: That's the—that's the only place you'd be able to get the only get away, place, and that's fine. It. Like, but I, I always but they might like, get kind of, it, but they're also probably not even going to want to see it. Right.
1: That's <laughs> the bummer too. It's like, yeah, no one would want to because they would want to see the. The uber sincere band playing. Rent is, America. Yes, Rent America screaming about the worms. The worms, yeah. We have to get those guys on I show would fucking at some point. kill to get Rent For the America. listener, that's
0: that's a story that doesn't even... Do you ever know that Rent America story? No.
1: Rent, Rent America oh. were like this fucking, like, cry... They became that band Face Down and Shit, uh, who were on relapse for a while, but they were like this, like, screamo, but like early screamy band. Uh, but they were... Their thing was they cried. Like, every show they would break down and cry. And one of the best Rent America stars is that there was one show where they started freaking out. Because they were talking about paving and, like, paving the world. Uh And one of them just started screaming, The world! What about the worms? <laughs> and that kind of sums up the world of hardcore that I feel like I was living in. Well, yeah, at that time, that uber way too sincere, yeah, way like too everyone, politically correct, way too politically mid-90s. correct, nineties, crying about earthworms dying. Where you're kind of like relax and play. Everybody wearing your terrible music. Everybody wearing a formless, baggy, you know, everyone looks kind. like the emo dance in the sick of it all.
2: Uh yeah, it's <laughs> fucking uh, in the underground. Video. It, it, it was, they were more kind of Marshall Apple whitey looking, right. very like cultish. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that
2: was a tough time. I'm
0: glad we got that story out. That's that's it's one. What
1: I fucking love Red's. Rett- I mean, if anyone ever knows about Red's America, come up to me and just talk because I want to talk about. Uh, Rett- I need to Rett- get, Rett- get all informed time. of this. So, more. so,
0: so, speaking of tour stories, give us another. Give us something else. Give us something maybe from the from the new lows days. Maybe from your your recent European tour. That
2: might qualify as a worst gig. Oh, man. I, I think but the absolute worst one would have to be the bass player, Jimmy. This is from Donald <laughs> Fast. Years later, we've taken him in our band now. Okay, so now Jimmy is playing in new lows. Of course. Okay. Of course he is. Course, Jimmy, Jimmy, we love, we love him. him. Yeah, he, he <laughs> Jimmy was falling over people when he was singing. <laughs> <So maybe we'll laughs> yeah, Jimmy two times. Put an instrument in his hands this time. <laughs> You're probably here. Let me let me Hold on. So, Jimmy two times. <laughs> Jimmy two times. <laughs> <laughs> All set. Yeah. He ended up losing his passport and his bag in Wales. We, we were all out. We were drinking off. Uh, this is just on your recent. You guys were just, just in Europe. Ago. Yeah, okay. we are just in Europe. He was... Uh, How we were, long were you we over in Europe for at this point? About a, we were in Europe for, I think, two weeks at this point. It was okay. a month-long tour. Right. So, yeah, it was about halfway through. We discovered, because we were very broke at this at this point in time and... Mainland Europe is a bit more generous when you when you arrive at That's your shows little... in the UK. Oh, yeah. The UK just kind of of course. Hi, how are you? Fuck yeah. yeah. in as a, a different in your face. So in our leaner times, we discovered White Storm cider. Which sure. Was like, yeah. It, it was served in three liter plastic jars, and the only people I saw drinking it were really maniacs on the street in Scotland or in Wales. Who I don't think really belonged on the street in the first place. So me and Jimmy went through a couple of them, I think. <laughs> And lo and behold, he drops his bag at some point in time, and none of us give any thought to it. And he wakes up the next morning as we're driving to the border uh, (laughs) to get back into mainland Europe. Good place to remember. It's a good place to remember. No better place, I think. Sure. So we were thinking about maybe smuggling him in, you know, behind the gear. That was probably not the best idea. Uh Pull a
1: Sammy from Gorilla Biscuits, sneak him in in the uh, the kick drum case. (laughs)
2: I mean, you know, a a, 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 a large, loud guy. I figured mm-hmm. you have Chris to Farley. American. Yeah. Chris Farley esque this guy. <laughs> I've
1: heard word on the street Jimmy yes. two times. It's just like Chris Farley. <laughs> this
2: episode's going out to Jimmy. Jimmy, we love Jimmy, you. Jimmy. <laughs> we absolutely love you, yeah. Jimmy. You old goose. But uh, we obviously had to leave him behind for for a week, and the, the only other option. Was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a big juggle. Well, that, that was obviously. Let's <laughs> maybe fill in
2: for one second here. So I don't know where he is at this point. Okay, no. well. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be so you tough. left your bass player. We had to leave him. Yeah, this was, yeah. you know, it, it, it was. Because like, he had to sort out his. That was a couple hours. like, consulates. what are we going to do? He needs to yeah. get his new passport. And He's just a bass player. <laughs> He's just a bass player. Yeah. There's that to always take into sure. consideration. Yeah but we had to, our, our drummer was actually due to fly home early anyway and he was flying from Belgium okay. so we needed to we needed to keep going right band's
1: falling apart
2: <laughs> wait what were exactly. you going to do was when the, gone yeah, what, what were you going to do when the drummer flew back the drummer from the other band's uh, full of hell this, okay. this kid dave bland he's one of the best he's like Dale Crover incarnate. This kid's <laughs> insane. Play. He's like eighteen years old. too. Uh, I think they're playing next week here, right? I think so. I yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. A
1: Wunderkind
0: on on the on the skins. Great
2: bunch of guys. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he learned everything and Wow. And then the bass player from that band, uh, Brandon. He uh-huh. ended up learning Jimmy's songs. Wow. Jimmy's just within a day. So, did you end up having. I guess the like, so parts
0: a- were that complicated.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking too no, down and play. Just fucking go Just for it. Fall over four yeah. times. <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you have to swing back to Wales? No, he
2: flew into uh, uh, Barcelona to meet us okay. again. How did that. But how do you. I mean, I don't know if this. Which just is sounds form. so hoity to me. How do oh, he flew to Barcelona? No, but how did he to, get uh, to, to replace, join the tour? How did he
0: get a replacement passport in Wales, uh, America? Uh, he, to to ended, an oh, he ended up going
2: into London. Okay. Uh, and he stayed in London for like four or five days. I mean, that's a uh, lost weekend. We don't yeah. know what he did. <laughs> right. I'll never find out. I, I assume
1: he slept a lot. We lost passports both of our trips to Europe. Panthers did.
2: Yeah. Jay
1: lost it on the three-week UK tour. Uh, as we always Ooh. said, most likely because he was constantly taking out to show to girls <laughs> to show what how terrible his photo was. But in oh, one of those, terrible. I, yeah, in one of those, I think he dropped it. But then, so luckily, we were in the UK forever. Uh-huh. So uh, and then Kip got his stolen in London. Uh, the one thing you need yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's it's it can be a nightmare. That's ama- I mean, it's amazing that you got him back. Before we move on from <laughs> Wales, though, just remembering in Wales. I think it was in Wales, and what was the name? of it? white lightning or white? That's I, it's actually, it's, uh, I think it was white storm and yeah. white lightning. Yeah. Either way, I remember we, we went to like the supermarket. White power band. <laughs> right? uh, They're split with screwdrivers. Great. Uh, I, we were in the supermarket, and that was where I. They their like generic food in the supermarket looked the most like Repo Man food, <laughs> like ever. Um, the way yeah. they designed everything was just a white box. Yes. And it would just say Corn Flake,
0: Aerial like bowls. vodka.
1: Yeah, it was it was the most beautiful design I had ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Well, i got to go back to Wales. Yep. Uh, and we're back to Wales. Okay, okay, so so Jimmy, Man, okay, okay, so Jimmy
0: flies into Barcelona first class. He's, you know, of being fed grapes by
2: flight attendants. <laughs> From some Moscato being yeah. poured. Yeah. And- <laughs> That's one of the funnier things about those European tours. anyway. no matter what you say, you just sound like a douchebag. Right. <laughs> well, oh, let me, well, let me ask I you this: I haven't been though. in a pit you since guys, Milan. Could you,
1: guys... you can be the lowest level there too, and they will still treat you much better yeah. than yeah. every other place in all of the states. Were
2: you guys uh, driving yourselves? No, we had a driver. Okay. This a uh, uh, vegan straight edge kid named Bobby <laughs> from Belgium, I'm assuming. Poland, actually. Oh, all right. <laughs> Very nice. We we introduced him to the band Body Count as well. Nice. Uh, and I'm evil sure he dick. thanked you. <laughs> totally there is nothing that. like hearing a young Polish boy <laughs> singing along to evil dick. <laughs> right. All, and he became known as Bobby Count from then on. It was, that's that's
0: brilliant. The I loved the body count record as a kid. I actually saved I the long it. box. Because when I got it, it still had the long the CDs yeah. still came in long boxes. Um, that record probably today ranks up there. With the Billy Joel Attila record as being one of the worst albums ever. (laughs) I mean, that record is, when I was, even when I was 13, I was like, this sucks, but this is awesome. Attila's pretty but, Well, Attila's, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, but I'm t- like the body count record sounds terrible.
2: Yeah.
1: The
0: drum, so, yeah, uh, was, uh, a was drum it Moose solo. Man on yeah. the kit? <laughs> Moose Man, uh, it, the drum, sna- the, the snare. No, <laughs> I think Beatmaster V was oh, the Oh, Beatmaster drummer. V <laughs> is the drummer. Moose Man is on Moose bass. Moose Man was his main motherfucker if I remember the intro correctly. <laughs> there's a song, there's a ballad on that record called The Winner Loses. Is one of the
2: greatest worst it, songs it, of all that, time. It,
0: that's all that needs to be, we're going to link The Winner Loses. Please. On yeah. uh, the song Body
2: Count is There's actually... There's three songs named Body Count, <laughs> wasn't there? It was like a PC <laughs> anthem... There was that record then, was something else, and
0: then of course there's a song about uh, that. All all I remember is Ice Cube saying, "If you're from Mars and you have a pussy, we will fuck, we will you. fuck
1: you." That's all we're trying to say. It's, it's <laughs> true though. What do you think about it? I mean, I'm just happy that it allowed him to show up in the Cannibal Corpse documentary <laughs> well, because yeah. all of a sudden he liked metal. But like, that's my favorite part. Just, you got to understand the thing about the time and Cannibal Corpse came out. It's like, oh okay, I guess I'm gonna listen to this for ten minutes. So, I'm sorry. We keep cutting you off. Finish. We can talk about body count. I'm
0: we'll, we'll go back to <laughs> that. Was there
1: an end to the I mean, an that's an whole the whole part story. of this podcast talking about body count, but whatever. We were was there get end to the
0: end story body ultimately count. Jimmy comes back with the band and you guys are reunited? Or was there something else that happened in that story when he lost the his passport? Worst, no,
2: the, the worst thing that happened to that, but that was obviously as bad as you lose a, a guy. That's pretty rough. <laughs> right. It's not your objective yeah.
1: being <laughs> on tour. How, lo- how, how long did it take to make that decision? Like, was it, was there that bit of, like, trying to figure out and then Jimmy oh, looking yeah, yeah, sad? I mean, we
2: legitimately were going to... I mean, he looks sad anyways. Right. I think he just knew. Like, right. This sucks. Right. And he was actually kind of pushing for it. He's like, look, I I kind of know. Like, this <laughs> is like, I know you guys aren't happy right now.
1: Jimmy two times knows the score. Maybe we need a
2: break. <laughs> right. Uh, I think we, we talked about it for, like, an hour or right. two. Because, I mean, it just... There's like just no time to right. Yeah, you can't. You know, because then you're still rushing for like the other show. You gotta get on that ferry to the mainland. Ferry. Yeah. 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 That's
0: Europe is a uh, is always is always memorable. Yeah, it's the best. (laughs) Um, So just uh, I I also want to talk about. um,
2: So you you do some writing for Vice. I do. And so how did that how did that come about? That came about from a, a. the weekend editor, this guy, Anthony Pappalardo, uh, uh-huh, who was, was. in uh, In My Eyes, yeah, Boston Band. And Ten Yard Fight. Ten Yard Fight, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he hit me up. It was just really, I don't know, we're over the summer. Yeah. That we're looking to get some new content. Because
0: uh, your articles are hilarious. You do a lot of interviews with uh, um, uh you know, people should, should walks check it out of life, from I different think. walks of life. But you just did one. I, I was reading with uh, when Aerosmith played a uh, free show in front of their apartment where they formed in Boston, yeah.
2: where we used to hang out. It was, it was a punk house,
0: also at one point. So, when oh, we really? Found that I was like,
2: wow, yeah.
0: But I admire the fact that you asked some dirtbag who you were interviewing. You
2: would think I asked him.
0: He approached me. <laughs> This well, was like just like how does this happen? But you, you just you were so exhaustive in the questioning that that John asked this this forty year old meth addled you know dude on he the street on meth, yeah, what no he way. thought of the Rick Dufay uh, <laughs> era the the post Joe Perry like nineteen eighty to eighty three uh, rock in a hard place era Aerosmith right. when both Whitford and Perry weren't in the band, and it was. Uh, they were in body count with it at was, that point. They, I, they <laughs> were, were back to body Count. <laughs> but so Aerosmith had two scab guitar players. I'm yes. fascinated by this era of the band because I don't, I don't think. I like, think it's bizarre, yeah. It's yeah. bizarre, but Rock and the Hard Place is actually not a half bad record in terms of classic Aerosmith the song
1: Joni's Butterfly is a, is, a, is a classic cut. As a Boston guy, do you have to like Aerosmith? Do you feel that in your, your blood?
2: I don't know. I, I mean, you kind of can't deny that a few of those records are yeah. really, really. Good. I mean, oh, yeah. I
1: fucking hate them. You hate. Like, I
2: despise Aerosmith.
1: Those I don't early, like anything. I them.
2: like the early records. Yeah,
1: they're like even the early. Like I, I tried giving. Like it just doesn't fly for me. Yeah. Like I don't know why. Like, I,
0: I, I I I'm a big fan. I'll go. I'll go up to Rick Dufay and the other guy's name. Uh, up to get a grip. No, no, <laughs> up, to, up to honking on Bobo. Um, <laughs> it starts and ends with honking on wait, Bobo. <laughs> that, the other, um, I'm blanking on this. This was I, I used to know this guy's in the other guitar Rick player. In
1: is a no, f- made up name.
0: His no, his daughter is on was on um, uh, Friday yeah, Night Lights. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. It was Rick Dufay and Jimmy Crespo. Jimmy Crespo's daughter was on Friday Night Lights for the listener.
2: Uh, <laughs> like incredible rock and roll names that Aerosmith has. They, Jimmy right. Crespo. <laughs> Joey and, Kramer. And
0: there was the, the Brad Whitford solo record from, or his, his side project from after he, when he quit Aerosmith was Whitford St. Holmes. I believe <laughs> it was some guy whose last name was St. Holmes. Sounds like it? a character. And I'm sure that count. record is yeah, exactly. just as bad as any of the Joe Perry project. These are more records, records. To, have to listen to today. I put them on the list. This up, is yeah. th- these are not recommendations. <laughs> what about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones as a Boston yeah, I was yeah. never a
2: fan of them. I yeah, never really, yeah, never did it for. I was me. I was a big fan for a long time. High school. A lot of people were. Yeah, that I was, I was uh, not one of them. I saw him once. Um, I, I actually met so. him once. His wife worked at a cheese shop with a friend of mine. Dicky Dicky Dickie Bear. Yeah, and I was former th- singer of Impact yeah. Unit. <laughs> And on the back of the SSD cover and too. I was like, born SSD? to talk about SSD. Sure. that. Yeah. I was like, you hosted Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley. How sure. was <laughs> that? Like, not care about money, money, Boston.
0: <laughs> that Impact Unit EP is terrible. unless. Oh my god, It's
1: not good. Well,
0: here, okay, here's it's, not awful.
1: Here, well, this, it's not great. Uh, it's not like oh, we're like Deep Wound, where I actually I'm like, ah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so. yeah. Deep Wound Siege. Like, oh, well, like,
0: okay, so here, this is this is this is something that I just want to I, I want to touch on. Well, it's the the production on the new lows record from what i've heard sounds great i mean i think that what is the advances in in production and just the state of like really heavy music and hardcore inspired music is is light years from what it was 15 years ago sure and
1: not as much pickless snare.
0: exactly <laughs> but you but, but you, there was a period i think up until like mid 90s when maybe victory records kind of came on the scene where like hardcore records were really just um uh something that you would get ready to sing along when you saw the band live because hardcore to me always was about the live
2: that's thing. at the end of the day yeah yeah
0: the, the, the community whatever and whereas with metal and a lot of metal inspired records it wasn't a you know it wasn't about d i y it was about like it's got it's polished how can it sound the amazing game. but then you have this whole group of bands that I would include yours in, uh, in the past, whatever it is, maybe 10 years, um, who are creating incredibly heavy stuff. That sounds really good. And I don't know if you well, trace that, it back I, to like, that, or...
2: I think was, a uh, uh, Chris Corey. Okay. Who was in all uh, this band mind. He's in a thousand bands mind eraser was one of the bigger ones. Uh, hmm. stop and think was another one. And he, he recorded us in uh, their practice space. So that, I mean that was the whole idea like a lot of even a lot of hardcore bands these days are like oh we need this big heavy polished you know metallic sound and yeah. it just right. it, it sounds awful i think you know yeah. it's cleaned up and yeah like you, you are into that music because of those live shows the live yeah. shows make you know make it unique from everything else Sure
0: Well actually let me ask you this because i i like it sounded like the first orchid record also sounded really good as opposed talking to about the one
2: of.
1: that i am not on
0: no, no, the, the, or whatever the the, the full length, uh, the one that the Converge guy produced.
1: Yeah, Chaos is me. Yeah, I wasn't on that record. You weren't. No. Okay. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! But Kurt produced Kurt Blue produced the ten inch, uh, and
0: but there the was other also side. a uh, um, uh, more attention paid to the way that those records sounded than I think.
1: Sure. I years. mean, also, before. I mean, with Orchid, it was, Will was also like a recording major, mm. like the guitarist. So, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of let him deal with that, obviously. And then he recorded the last record, but yeah, it's like, you know, Kurt Blue is just awesome. Too. Yeah. But that's the other thing. Like Kurt's like amazing. Kurt's yeah. still, like, he's got the fucking, he knows how to get amazing sounds. Yeah. And has the right reference point. That's the key. I think a lot of hardcore bands get that. You know, it's, like, the clean sound, but then you realize also the reference points are terrible. Like, it's, like, they don't know. Like, they're not referencing the right old bands or the right records. Like, they're mm. coming from a place of, like, ah, when if we talk about influences, it's probably pretty shitty. Or if you talk to Kurt, it's, like, oh, you know exactly what bands we're talking about and yeah, the yeah. right bands. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, like, oh, here's this other shitty-sounding hardcore band. Or maybe you sound like this. It's, like, no, like, this part should be, like, swans. And then you fucking mix in like you know they should have like a more orchestrated part whatever it is like he's he's aware of other music yeah like that ends up being the problem with a lot of those like well-produced terrible sounding hardcore records is the reference points just don't Mm -hmm. exist the reference is only in hardcore
2: i think he straddles that really great line too though that you want to kind of have your sound you can listen to it and say like oh this is a kurt baloo record but at the same time it very much has the individual band sound too right a lot of kids i think we recorded with somebody and it was awful for one of our seven inches and just every one of his records sounded exactly the same. It didn't seem like he really gave a fuck like what we were doing anyway. It was just, it was more of a gig to him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's end up becoming this like Bob Rock Jr. Like, oh, we right. have the Bob Rock sound. Like everything, you know.
1: Like when I recorded my first true. high
2: school band's demo and the
1: engineer apparently when I was in the vocal booth went, are you supposed to sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So i to make sure. Uh, and we just had to go on with that. I was like, well, there we go. So uh,
0: here's another question. in terms of the right influences, like where does entombed fit in?
2: How much do you, you love guys? the
1: term entombed core?
2: Oh I'm so tired of that, right? It gets, gets a little tired. Ty- I'm yeah. not even a, the hugest entombed fan. I, I like them. I, you know I've, I haven't listened to much metal these days anyway, but mm. yeah, a lot of bands seem to be kind of like pushing for that whole I don't know yeah, it was, was never really but does
0: that also does that entombed core thing go back to? wolverine blues era or is it even before like
1: i think it's from left hand path from, on. i think it's left from hand, nihilist yeah, yeah, yeah. on like even the, the band before entombed okay. but especially left hand path i mean that was the beginning and it's that guitar sound it's the the heavy metal pedal turned everything up to 10 it's the old school swedish death metal sound uh, <laughs> that people love and me included uh yeah i mean well yeah so what are what are your influences then if not
2: I think at the start of this band, Ringworm was was a big one. Everyone right. was really pushing for integrity. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. Right. I think Ringworm. I think the promise. I, I think it's better than any integrity record. That, I think Unpopular
1: that's opinion, actually. I think I'm that's fine. actually a thing people forget about in the like that entombed core lazy label, like because all those labels are pretty lazy generally. Oh, but course. people forget about uh, the Cleveland sound mm-hmm. more so than just Swedish death metal. Like, cause that, I mean, for the listener, integrity H 100 it's like ringworm, like that had like one the, life crew. Yeah, one life crew. Like, Ooh. but like that Clevo <laughs> sound, like has a very distinct. Hey, it wasn't,
0: doesn't ringworm have one life crew? There was Probably.
1: yeah, there's a tie with all
2: those guys. Okay. Yeah, I mean
1: with Big Steve,
2: but like that <laughs> Holy
1: Terror sound is that kind of the same world. It's like you know, it's just but like kind of you know end up getting produced like. A right, but bit
2: I think better. ringworm was a little more removed, removed from that too. I mean, they they shared Frank three Gun. Right. Kind of one of those legendary riffers of Who's also and hate and hate breed now, yeah. Um so Hi Frank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, wait and one, one of those guys has a cigar shop or something or a jet ski shop? It's, that's a Cleveland that's thing, that's I'm sure. it, right? I yeah. love it. Um, Cleveland, scary. Place. So what's so what's 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 what does the future hold for both uh new Lows and for your the stuff you do on the comedic
2: end? Uh coming up, we're we're still in the process of writing more songs. Um hmm. uh, do another LP on Deathwish. We played with American Nightmare over the summer at uh, Webster. Mm-hmm. And I uh, played with Prurient. I don't know if you guys. Yeah. And I was talking to Dom. Like, Dom's just incredible. Uh, Prurient's just an incredible band, anyway. And we're in trying to work something out to put something out through through his label, uh, Hospital. Okay. Is that going to be
0: like a feces encrusted
1: record in like Yeah, it'll be like a, a register and gurgle struck. I didn't think uh, you were going to tell
2: everyone. Yeah, I was going to make it okay. a surprise. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. You really blowing it today. You. Pace. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I actually love Dominic's other uh, Vatican Shadow. That fucking shit is fantastic. Yeah, he's he is awesome. he's awesome. Great musician, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm just thinking about your <laughs> feces-encrusted <laughs> record. Now. Hey, I'm a big seller. <laughs> and what about like what do you what would you like to I mean you know you're a funny guy you wrote one of the, fun, the the for the listener john wrote the funniest sketch of my uh, uh sketch 201 class about a heroin addicted subway sandwich maker We've all been named there. pepper turkey thomas which to this day whenever i think of pepper turkey thomas i always i always crack up like is there is there do you want to keep pursuing oh, writing and yeah. like do you, or doing. is this where i ask stuff? people to hire me you could you could do that. Can you hire me, people? All right, please. I think Big Steve's got some openings at his uh, jet ski shop. shop. Yeah, <laughs> what a
2: douchebag he is. <laughs> Jesus, that band was awful. Um,
0: all right, so uh, uh, just to, to bring this uh, bring this full circle here, a uh, question that we ask all of our guests: There, what do you think of the word "gig"? gig. It's oh, I love how it's always in stereo.
2: Just for <laughs> gig uh i got no beef with it you find yourself i don't know gigs a gig a gig life I <laughs> got a gig mindset perfect gigs, answer. a gigs a gig uh
0: well john uh welcome back to new york thank you look forward to uh to seeing you around uh the, the streets <laughs> don't forget the struggle I'm not homeless
1: um uh,
0: have you, have you heard actually? Hopefully, you get a
1: home soon. Have you heard?
0: Uh-huh. There's, you guys know about that classic Brooklyn hardcore band, uh, GHS. I've heard of it. You that. have. I remember what it stands you, for, though. You know what GHS stands for? Get Home Safe.
2: Thanks a lot. Cold. <laughs> Worst gig ever. <laughs>